Dominican chef, Italian restaurant, Boricua chef, Chinese takeout, Mexican chef, Newport, America, but to the end of that, it's a French bistro. All right, we're live. Italian restaurant, <laughs> okay, welcome to our bonus episode, our very first bonus episode. We're so fancy. We mad fancy with a little six bonus episode. Six S like an iPhone. Look uh, at us, six S like an iPhone. <laughs> Can that be a hashtag? Hashtag six S like an iPhone. That, that's, um, that's got a lot of characters. But all right. It does. I, I don't think we should use that one on Twitter. I, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like an Instagram hashtag. Okay, either way. So this bonus episode is featuring one of my very good friends, Senor Vinos, who has been just killing it. And in my eyes, she's always been killing it. Um, but the world is starting to notice. And I'm just Finally. like doing my maniacal laugh every time like I see her on the list. <laughs> You think I'm kidding? I'm like, ha, 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 ha. they've discovered her on NPR. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wish people could see you right now. Oh my gosh, because you got the big hair, you got your glasses. It's like, wow. <laughs> oh, they've discovered her on the New York Times. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Okay. I don't know. I love when my friends succeed. I love when any brown girl succeeds, but or any girl for that matter, but like especially brown girls and especially brown girls that I know and love. And so I'm just so excited for her. Um, so in the past week alone, she has been put on NPR's top 50 albums of 2016. And she came in at number 11, which yes, girl. for an independent artist is very, very impressive. Um, and New York Times has named her song Mexican Chef number 12 best song of 2016 which i would put higher on the list personally but uh, can i just know. say i'm angrily or very upsettedly yep i said that mm -hmm. looking at the fact that she was in portland in september and i could have seen her rather inexpensively mm -hmm. but i didn't know who she was until like a couple days ago when you told me about her and see, I, see, now you lying because I told you about her years ago. See, well, you've mentioned you, that you've gone to concerts. You, you didn't more understand. Than once. I didn't. didn't understand. But now you know. So next time she comes to Portland, <sighs> you'll be there. Fine. Every person I have ever taken to one of her shows, because you know, you know, I always went to the shows in Brooklyn or like uh -huh. Lower Manhattan, and mm -hmm. you live real far up in the Bronx, so yeah, it's kind of hard to get you downtown. Or, it was like you, know. you were in Hawaii, I was in Alaska, or like I was yeah. in the Bay Area, California, and you were in Portland. You know what's exactly. the difference, really? Um, <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so yeah, so anytime I took somebody to her show, they always wanted to go back, and um, yes, it girl. never fails because she's she's amazing, and like if you like her music via the internet, the internet does not do it any justice. The recordings do not do it any justice. You need to see her live. I'm not kidding you. Can you we say fangirl? Uh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Number one fangirl. <laughs> Day Ooh. one fangirl. Day one fangirl. Okay, funny story. <laughs> so she was in San Francisco not too long ago and crowded packed house was great. Of course, you know, I was right up, right up front hugging the stage that's my mm -hmm. spot my dances singing the words and there was this kid next to me and he looked like the ill nerd like he looks like he spends his entire life playing dungeons and dragons in his room <laughs> ew for some reason you say that and i think he smells <laughs> i don't remember him smelling so good on you for taking a shower homeboy but either sure way i like i felt like i understood him and i've never connected with that person before 
But oh, look at she, her. See, she entered his personal space mm-hmm, when she mm-hmm. was in her performance because she's very interactive with her audience. Oh, she I don't like personal that. Space. Wait, you like that? You don't like people. I don't. Personal she, space? See, she go into my personal space because ah. she know me like that though. But cool. she, 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 she's good at gauging. He was okay with it, you know. Okay. Um, but it was like, have you ever seen them old videos of like Michael Jackson when? He would come near people and they just pass out in his concerts. Yes. Yes, it was that. Like she like <laughs> he started shaking and then it's like oh. he was like pretending he was fainting. I was like, oh, what is Yes. And yes. I was a little jealous that he might have been a bigger fan than me. <laughs> wow. Wow. I've never seen this side of you. I'm enjoying every minute of it. Wow. <laughs> I've never seen your jealous side ever. So yeah, let it come out now. <laughs> so maybe oh, that's Lord why I was, I was reading this kid in his Dungeons and Dragons and all that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm still a bigger fan. Yes, of course. No one will deny it. No one will deny it. But either way, she is fantastic, and um, I'm gonna read the iTunes biography of her because I think it's really funny that whenever anyone asks me who she is or what she does, I can't really describe it. I'm just, like, <laughs> oh, you gotta listen. You know, you gotta go see mm. her. Life. Mm. I'm going to read there because they struggle too, but they kind of, okay. Okay. iTunes biography. Senior Rubinos is a difficult to classify songwriter, keyboardist, and jazz styled chanteuse based in Brooklyn, New York. I heard that. Raised in Hartford, Connecticut, in a household with Puerto Rican and Cuban heritage, she she sings in both English and Spanish. Rubinos studied voice at the Berklee College of Music in Boston, where she met drummer Marco Buccelli who played on her debut album along with Adam Minkoff on bass. That was the debut album. Arriving in 2013 via Bada Bang Records, Magic Tricks delivered an inventive indie rock bricolage of jazz, hip hop, funk, Caribbean rhythms, and electronics, and led to multiple tours across the US and Europe. Her equally ambitious follow-up Black Fairy Cat was released by Anti in 2016. I'm really excited to be introduced to her music and I the videos are something to watch oh yeah she's oh no her videos are great she's like she's quite the creative oh yeah the thing i like about Sinya is there are no rules like people try to put her in a genre or like it just doesn't it doesn't work she just does whatever yes. whatever she like, wants to do and it, it just gels it just makes so much sense only in <laughs> the context of her like i feel after, like if somebody else tried that it would be like a disaster but for some reason she just pulls it off it doesn't make any sense to me but she just pulls it off um, I but I really like five or six songs and yeah, yeah. Like they wouldn't, they weren't necessarily so similar to each other that afterwards when Ivan was like, Oh, what kind of music is it that she plays? I'm like, well, there, there's, there's, she's, there's lyrics and, <laughs> and there's music. I, I, it, I right? hear instruments. Um, and, it's great. And, and, and then like there's it. some like songs in Spanish. Like yeah, I don't, I don't have a genre for her. She's just awesome. <laughs> um, she's awesome. Holy cow. It's snowing so much in Portland, Oregon right now. Holy Hello, shit. West Coast. Um, it's my snow day. I'm so excited about this. Okay. There you I'm go. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. The thing I particularly enjoyed about um, Black Terry Cat, the album, as opposed to Magic Tricks, which was also really good, but in a different way, um, mm-hmm. was that it was just very timely and political with the, you know, the social climate of, of the states right now. Yeah. Um, and even in that same song, um, Mexican Chef, there's the stanza. <laughs> Um, Brown has not, Brown gets shot, Brown got what he deserved because he fought. Like, come on, girl. Yeah, like that could be no more on point than anything else because that is 
that's life right now. I don't know. And it's just such an upbeat, like, ooh, it's a happy song. Like, literally, the words are like, there's a party across America. Like, yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but there are really very real things happening in the brown people community that nobody seems to care about. But anyway, it was just, I don't know. I'm just so happy for her. I'm glad that she's finally getting the recognition that she really deserves. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. They're that... just like, she's a girl, she has a lot of things that are part of her and she does a lot of stuff and makes music and knows people. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what I sounded like when I was talking to Ivan after I listened to her song. I only listened to her music for the first time a few days ago. And he's like, so what genre of music is it? I'm like, well, like she's there uh, uh, and, and there's yeah, like, and then there's there's like other music songs. behind her and like, and then she yeah. Sang, yeah. I love that it's listed under adult jazz. <laughs> Really? What, what does that mean? What is adult jazz <laughs> as opposed to youth jazz? Adolescent jazz? Um, but yeah, right. um, you can't pigeonhole her into a genre, but you shouldn't because she encompasses so many different styles of music and she just does it flawlessly and it's mm -hmm. wonderful. So I really highly recommend checking it out. Um, yeah. I'm going to binge listen through her, if you will, because um, I've only listened to about five, six songs, but I've liked the fact that None of them sound like the other. Like even I could even like put them in different genres, which is the part that's like hard for me to encapsulate. Ooh, okay, Laura, go with that. Um, <laughs> right? This is what this is what Senya does to me. Okay, she makes me speak with big words. But no, in in all seriousness, I really want. I like. I want to know her. I want to have coffee with her now. I want to like. Oh, you should. <sighs> she's great. Yeah. Like she's a great musician and she's a great person. Like. I think that's probably a bigger part of my fangirl experience. I've mm. I've been a fangirl for a few different artists and I've had horrible experiences with some of them and it ruined oh. how I looked at them as a whole, not just as a person, but like also it made yeah. their music less um, enjoyable for me because they weren't nice people. So sure. um, I really appreciate that she's not just a great musician, but she's also a wonderful human being. And I think they're not enough wonderful human beings um out there or oh, there yay. are there are it's just kind of hard to find them these days i guess um especially you gotta, you gotta the creative ones that are in the forefront like the yeah it's but yeah so not every, why not did we want to interview her other than the fact that i'm clearly in love with everything she does um <laughs> her, her most recent album black terry cat which was released this year has it was just really timely for me personally i really connected with I've, I've always connected with her music but um with the whole black lives matter movement and just all of the stuff happening in um the social climate of the united states right now her her lyrics have just like nailed a lot of the, the ooh, views ooh, and ooh. like stop punch that <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair laura can see me so <laughs> I'm being very expressive. I used to <laughs> talk with her hands. Yeah, I don't know this. I used to talk I with do. her hands. I do. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So the lyrics have been very, um, very, uh, help me out here. Um, um, timely? I said that, but yeah. Oh, okay, okay. We'll go with that um. again. Very timely for what's going on in the world right now. So, uh, relevant? yeah. Super relevant. There you go. Um, so yeah, uh, she agreed to... Um, have an interview with me, and I'm super glad because now I get to share her with all of you, Maniacal <laughs> yeah. Laugh. Oh, gosh. 
Fix it like Jesus. Fix it like Jesus. Fix it like Jesus. Fix it like Jesus. I'm Aisha McGowan. And I'm Laura Solis. And this is Fix It Black Jesus, the bonus episode. What? Thanks, bitch. I mean, people. Oh. Sorry. Got really excited. Sorry. All right. So without further ado, further ado, what is further of do? I don't know them. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what is further of do. But <laughs> without right. further ado, here is the interview. Success. Hello. There you go. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Oh man, I just initiated a long stretch. <laughs> okay. Hi. Is... Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, for sure. I have a couple questions for you, so I will jump right on in there. Okay. Cool about the NPR top 50 list where you made number 11 or for Black mm-hmm. Terry Cat. Um, yeah. So you were number 11 right behind Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book and right in front of Rihanna's Auntie at number 12. And then you also beat out Radiohead at 15, Tribe Called Quest at 17, Laura Mabula at 18, and our fellow Berkeley alumni, Esperanza Spalding, at 28. So how does that feel? Being in front it's of all cool. those like, amazing. It's cool. I think, you know, it's nice. It's nice to be noticed and recognized. I think that lists, these, these end of year lists can be about other things other than music sometimes. And um, so I have mixed feelings about it, but I decided to celebrate it because I was really proud um, it's a great list, and it's a great uh, NPR. I'm a I'm an NPR fan, so it was. Uh, I felt really honored to be mentioned, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. Okay, so with that in mind, um, if you could talk to any or all of them, all of the people that I just mentioned, um, what would you say? Oh man, <laughs> I would just have like a lot of right. <laughs> I'd have a lot of questions. I think. Uh, yeah it would just be a lot of questions I'd be really curious to know about different things from different people I guess like um maybe if you had to talk to Rihanna who you like just edged out uh what would you say to her what would I say to Rihanna uh I'd be like hey Rihanna what's going on um I maybe <laughs> maybe I would ask her about tracking vocals on her record and what there her you go. approach is. Yeah, what her approach is to tracking her vocals and like what I don't know, just what her routine is for that and where she tracked her vocals and with who and uh, what are things that are helpful like for her whatever. in the studio when when she's tracking this list is irrelevant i want to know all the things that you know tell me teach me your ways right that's that's like the most important thing <laughs> i i love well, it yeah i would just be curious i'd just be curious to know what that's like um cool. you know, kind of what that process is of tracking like a really huge pop vocal album so yeah yeah i can imagine it's a very different experience you recorded did you record black Terry cat in your basement studio as well or was that just um i did some of it 
yeah, I did some of it in my studio, and uh, but I did I tracked the vocals at Fear Sound, which is a studio in uh, in Manhattan with uh, engineer Jeremy Lucas. So we tracked um, like some of the drums and and um, band parts and stuff like that are in my studio, and then the rest like overdubs and all of the vocals are at Jeremy's studio for the most part. Cool. All right, so I wanted to ask you about a couple of your songs because, I mean, 2016 has been a very traumatic experience as a person of color for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for all of us. And mm-hmm. your album just really touches on a lot of very timely things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to ask you a few questions about some of your lyrics and a few of your songs. Um, mm-hmm. So Mexican Chef was actually number 12 on the New York Times list of best songs of 2016. So you're just, like, making all the lists. That's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But the song itself, um, it's, like, super upbeat. It's really excited, but it really touches on some, like, really heavy issues. Um, um, I think it really uh, truly illustrates the picture of how brown folks prop up this country, um, and that's something mm-hmm. that gets ignored a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. it's like even in the, the first verse like brown walks your baby brown walks your dog brown raised America in place of its mom and it's just like wow like uh, <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty true isn't it um, if you just like walk around New York City you see, all, you see a bunch of like Haitian nannies and mm-hmm. dog walkers and like like what are what are the non-people of color doing for themselves for the most part you know like we're <laughs> doing all of the like the, the quote unquote jobs nobody else wants to do, which I think is a ridiculous way to phrase it. Um, mm. It's described as this party across America because you've got all of these um, chefs in the back that are like literally having their like music blasting while they're cooking food that's not from their mm. native land. Do you mm-hmm. really feel like it's a party across America or is that how you feel it looks like to non-brown folks or like what were you going for there? Um, I mean, I think that it's open-ended. I think it could mean a lot of things. Um, I didn't literally mean like, you know, I guess, I guess what I was thinking was that it's, we're, we're just riding on the backs of other people, you know, for how luxurious our lives are and like all the things that we enjoy, especially folks living in cities that have a lot of services. So in that way, I was like, it's a party across America because we're like getting all of our clean underwear delivered to our doorstep and meanwhile it's not that way for other people you know um so it's kind of it's a little tongue-in-cheek um and yeah I think it's mostly I was just thinking about that concept of like in order for you to luxuriate and to party um you know other other people are are working for that right for that kind of to maintain and to to make that kind of lifestyle sustainable there's like this invisible workforce that's making it happen. True, true. Why do you think they're invisible? Like, how do you think that happens? Why, why do I think they're invisible? Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you said that they're an invisible workforce. I was saying, I was gonna say, uh, I think the, it's in our culture to not always acknowledge folks who are working in the service industry, uh, and also complicated for us to know how to deal with different power structures and hierarchies and um, I think that culture that we live in contributes to uh, their invisibility so um, you know just folks might not 
be comfortable interacting with with people that are of a different social class, of a different culture, uh, of a different um, power status in the community. And um, okay. that creates a lot of division and um, an erasure of folks. Um, and they're just, I think, oftentimes just seen as like, oh, the laundry person or like the busboy or like, you know, and not that they're actually, you know, the person with a life and a family and dreams and hobbies and things that they want to be right. doing. Um, just like us. So they're so not really humanizing it's complicated. Yeah, it. it's complicated. Okay. And, and then also um, some of them are invisible because they're undocumented. And uh, there's a lot of taboo um, around undocumented workers, obviously, and undocumented people. Um, and I think that's contributes to um, their invisibility and not having a voice and not being a part of the conversation in this country. All right. Okay. So in um, the song, Just Like I, it mm-hmm. kind of reminds me that it like, makes me feel like I'm trapped in a world that was created for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I are both pretty smiley humans, um, uh, but at least for me, that's how I learned to deal with like how truly messed up things are. It's kind of like um, there's this like double world that we live in where it's like we have to function despite the world kind of crumbling down around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if guilt is the right word, but I personally feel like, like you wake up in the morning and you see like someone else got shot on the news or, or a bunch of tragic things have happened. And it's kind of like, all right, well, do I sit here and mourn all day or do I keep it moving with my own personal goals and dreams and all of that? Like it's, like, I don't know, like, how do we find that balance? Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just kind of what that song brought out for me. But, like, what was your inspiration mm-hmm. for Just Like I? Like, uh, where were you? What, what cool. space were you in? Um, it was, I was more thinking, I was just kind of riffing off of uh, that, this phrase of, like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Um, and thinking about that phrase a little bit and just kind of started riffing um, with these words uh, and yeah I was thinking about you know consumerism and capitalism and the super size me culture and eating all the shit that they feed us uh, literally and figuratively and um yeah, that's kind of where my mind was at when I wrote those lyrics, when I was um, riffing off that song. And that song came out of Lonely Lover. It was like the end of Lonely Lover, which is like the same. I was playing bass and um, improvising on that. Um, but yeah, lyrically, that's kind of some of the stuff I was thinking about. Okay, cool. That is not at all what I was thinking, but wow. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. All right. And then <laughs> lastly, so the song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the lyrics, what's it going to take to make us feel safe? And when mm-hmm. we got the whole world blown up anyway, when we're gone, we'll all be dust in space. Did I get that right? So this reminds me of the theory that I have that the zombie apocalypse is the only place where humans are truly unbiased. <laughs> um, so like that whole, like when we're all gone, we'll just be dust in space. Kind of like, if we're like, 
where where will we find safety? Like, what's it going to take? Like, will everyone have to be undead so we're all on an equal playing field? <laughs> or like, like, do you have an answer? Like, do you have a hypothetical answer to that question? Like, what do you think it'll take to make us feel safe? Because I, my, I think- my method is not not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that was more like, I don't know if I was really posing that question or if I was just kind of, um, kind of like a hypothetical of like, basically everyone's so freaked out about, you know, doing the right thing or, um, yeah, doing things the right way or finding the right answer or, you know, being extra safe and cautious. And it's like, you know, it was just kind of a way of saying, you know, that doesn't really exist. Like there is no such thing. Um, and our existence here is, is, you know, temporary, and in the grand scheme of things, what does it really matter anyway? So you should, the, the point of that song is basically to say, you know, you just got to go ahead and do your thing and, like, not worry about the rest of it because it doesn't really, none of the stuff really matters, you know. Okay, so, so my little, feelings for Jack like and I were, like, Keep living your life is more the feeling that you had for when you were doing exactly. it on the right. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Like we can there we do, go. I was kind of like, we can do this. We can do yeah. this. And it doesn't matter if I'm doing something right or if I'm doing it wrong or if I made a mistake. It's just like I just got to keep keep it moving. Keep on trucking. And do the right. best that I can and enjoy it because I'm only here for a short time. All right. I got two more questions for you. All right. So yeah. there's this clip that's going around the Internet where Steve Harvey is talking about um, – how to be successful and he makes this point of like every successful person has to make this leap like they have to take a leap of faith and go for it um so Mm -hmm. where like when did you decide to make that jump like what put you in a place where you were like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna go for it and quit my day job I'm gonna make this jump Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it I believe in myself that's I feel like that's something that a lot of us struggle with and it seems like you did it very gradually and like in a very Mm -hmm. smart way um but what was the like I'm here now I can do this on point well I mean yeah it was definitely it was a gradual long drawn out (laughs) process that continues today uh it's just a it's a journey and it's like I mean it sounds kind of corny and like um mystical I'm like it's a journey but it is and it's a gradual thing for me at least for me and I guess the, a major turning point for me was when I started playing uh, playing keyboards for myself and playing playing my own music. Um, I, had, I had been writing uh, music for a while and um, was always depending on other people to play it for me because I didn't feel confident as a keyboardist and just a lot of mind games and I just didn't feel as confident um, performing live. Which in is that way. crazy because I've seen you live so many times and you're a fantastic performer and I can't imagine a space where you're not a fantastic performer. So <laughs> it wasn't always like thank that. you for progress. Thank yeah. you for believing in yourself enough <laughs> to go for it. Cause it, we all have benefited from this. <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, for me, it just became um, urgent in my life to play music. Um, just some stuff that I was going through emotionally I was just I just really needed that outlet and it just really came to a head uh a couple years ago and I started I played my first show played my first solo show ever and I played keyboards for the first time in front of people and I looped my voice and I was doing all this new stuff and it was terrifying but I felt really good after that show 
and then I decided to keep doing it. And I also um, have been interested in a lot of different things, like curate, uh, curation, for example. I, want, I was doing these house shows, and I thought that maybe um, I would have uh, liked to be a curator and, like, programming music, booking music, and um, curating shows. Um, but this, this idea of playing music live became really urgent for me um, as just something that I needed to be well like emotionally, and um, so that kind of was a big turning point for me where I decided, okay, I'm going to stop. If I really want to do this, I really have to focus just on this one thing, and I'd never really right. done that before. I have, I have many interests, um, and I would tend to, like, bite off a lot of things um, but not dedicate myself to one. So that was a big shift for me. It was kind of, like, focusing on this one thing and then playing live myself, and then that led to this uh, making – me making the my first album and uh and then the rest from there was was just working on it and figuring things out and um the, the time that I quit my day job was a couple of years after that uh when I just started touring a lot and it became an issue <laughs> to try to maintain a day job and go on tour um and I just did it just like it was really terrifying and I like <laughs> didn't know if I was doing the right thing or if I'd regret it, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead are we and, ever doing that and we'll thing? figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the point, right? Uh, and I just thought, right. you know what? So, that's it. Like, we're gonna, I'll figure it out. You know, whatever it is, I'll figure it out. So. And, and you have, and you're continuing to, and it's working out really well. Okay, um, <laughs> so parting, parting words. Um, do you have any parting advice? I mean, I feel like you pretty much answered this, but um, any parting advice for aspiring queens who are um, taking chances or trying to invest in themselves in some way to do something wonderful? Um, yeah, believe your own hype. I think it's really easy to say and hard to do, but yeah. that's, that's, the main, that's the main point right there. It's like, like you got to believe your own hype and, you know, focus on what you're doing. And you, you pretty much, if you're being honest with yourself, like you pretty much know the stuff that you need to work on, to work on. Um, the challenges that you're having. You don't know how to solve those problems or those challenges, but, like, you know what they are at least. And, um, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, you can, you can work towards, uh, you know, setting your goals and trying to reach them. And, um, and it's really hard to shut off what everybody else is saying, but that's kind of, I think, the main the main thing of like not buying too much into everybody else's hype and like what everybody else is doing, but trying to focus on what you want to do. Um, I think that's, oh, that's man, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's good. That's real good. That's like literally where I am right now. Just trying to like, mm. I'm like all over the place all the time. So like the idea of focus mm. has always eluded me. Um, so that, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for that. Mm. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's a work in progress. It's, like I said, easier said than done. <laughs> I'm working on it myself. For sure. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. You sound like you're on the road. Where are you headed? I am. I'm going to Richmond uh, today. We're going to play a show at Richmond tonight and then D.C. tomorrow. And then you're so done for the year? And then I have a, a sneaky show that I snuck in on Monday in New York. And then... I'm pretty much done, I think. But <laughs> it's better not to say that just in case. How many like, shows did you do this year? Do you even know? I haven't counted yet, but I think a good, a good amount. I'll count, like, 
yeah, mm. maybe when I get a break. I feel like you've I'm been doing shows constantly, nonstop. I, All right. I have, yeah. um, I'm excited to take a little break, but I'm also really grateful to get to play, and it's been really fun. So I'm, I'm excited for next year. Well, I am so glad that you came to San Francisco and I finally got to catch you here. Yeah, thank you so much. Even though I've seen your show a billion times, it gets better every (laughs) single time. Aw, sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good show. Enjoy the rest of your year. Love love following your adventures. Adventures are plenty. The feeling is mutual. All your successes. Love it. Thank you. All right. All right, so good. All right, that was it. Thanks so much. Yay. So, Laura, what'd you learn about Sinya or anything from this interview? Well, I never heard her voice before. Well, like I have, but not her talking, her speaking voice. voice. Yeah, Um, I like it. Um, (laughs) Do you like my speaking voice? I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But aside from that, Okay, what that I was like. weird. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the outtakes. Dun, dun, dun. But um, what I really, I two things in particular stood out to me. One was towards the beginning, which was when you had asked her, like, what would you ask um, Rihanna, for example, or ask people that were on the list below you? And she said that she would ask Rihanna about, I guess, what her techniques are for vocals and something of the sort. But it wasn't necessarily like she wanted to learn how to do things Rihanna did. It was more just a curiosity to learn about someone else's work ethic. And I thought that was pretty cool that like, despite someone, you know, having more visibility than you, it doesn't necessarily mean that they've got the formula down or that there is any particular formula that you stay true to you, which is what brings me back to like, what towards the end of the interview, when you had asked her if she had any words, um, for folks that are, you know, trying to do their own thing. And she mentioned, you know, what was it? Like, be a, um, believe your own Yeah, believe your own hype. <clears throat> yeah. And I thought that Love was that. dope as hell. Because, right? Like, believe your own hype, girl. though. Like, I'm, I'm flying, Damn you know. Right. This, is, this exactly. is why I'm hot. Like, I'm hot. I'm, I am. Wow. <laughs> you ain't because you not. Or, you, or not. you might be, but wow. who cares? Because I'm fly, right? This <laughs> is about me right now. Exactly. Oh, that's so good. Like believing in yourself like, is so hard. Was, and like, it's something it that everyone takes that for granted. Like, it was like believing in yourself and also like being true to you. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was like, be your authentic self kind of thing that really stuck out to me where I'm like, yes, like just be who you are. Like, yeah. Hey, who else are you going to be? About, who else are you exactly, going to like, be? They say everyone else is taken, but they yeah, are, like, they really are. They, they've been doing that their own thing for a while. But yeah, th- that really stuck out to me the most. Right? That's what makes me want to have coffee with her. So I'm like, let's talk more about what, this. What else can you tell me? Tell me your secrets. Yeah, tell me. Tell She's me great. why right. you wouldn't tell me. Yeah. Okay. How about you? What stood out most to you? Like, was that your first time interviewing an artist, if you will? Um, of her caliber? Which, I mean, I don't know if I even like, mm, but yeah, I guess you know what I mean. Well, I mean, I've... I've photographed. I mean, you're, you have a, I've photographed yeah. her performances before, mm. and I think that's an interview in itself, in a way. Um, but I've never spoken to her specifically about her music and what it is. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really fun. That um, it's just a reminder that lyrics and like the stuff that you create touches different people in different ways. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because like, interpretations had, were... Yeah, they were not her intention, like, at all. She was like, mm -hmm. nope, that's not, <laughs> that's that's not, not was, what I was not. trying to do. <laughs> but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I love that she was like, but that's how I thought. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Is that where that took you? Mm, that wasn't the path I was on. But yeah, you, you didn't think about the zombie apocalypse? No, it's not. <laughs> I, I almost myself because I know how real that is because you will Ivan and I have had those conversations but am I wrong am I wrong girl you ain't never been more right <laughs> yes indeed indeed so you know I really appreciate it um hearing her actual intentions and comparing mm -hmm. them to what I how they spoke how the songs spoke to me personally mm -hmm. Like she wasn't and, just being agreeable for the sake of being agreeable. She's like, oh, that's good for you, but nah. Which this I didn't expect I'm... of her. Um, oh, no. But I feel like that's something that has become more commonplace in this day and age where people just want to be agreeable because they don't want to rub people the wrong way or something. And it's like, we can disagree and still respect, be respectful and amicable. Like, we don't have to agree on everything. So I really appreciated that. Like, she was just being real. Right. And um, I think I also appreciated um, or learned... um you know, her interpretations of how she's viewing the social climate in America, while they are um, present, it's not aggressive. Um, I feel like there's like different, different um, levels of how people have approached this situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that she can talk about it from a very like this is what it is perspective without putting down others or at least trying to find why things are the way they are like when i asked her why she thought people were invisible or why not why she thought people were invisible but why people or what she meant by invisible um mm, we were talking yeah. about i'm, I'm losing my Mexican words here chef. Right, in Mexican chef when she was saying it was an invisible population or something like that or invisible workforce that's what she said um and I loved her explanation of that. Um, and it was great. And just how how many layers there are to this struggle. And it, yeah. I don't know, I, we're gonna have an episode about intersectionality at some point, but it just really brought up a lot of <clears throat> um, thoughts about that for me. Um, because she's not African-American, she's of um, Puerto Rican and Cuban, American heritage, yeah. heritage or whatever. And while we all face very similar things, we all face them in a very different way. And even mm -hmm. you and I might face things in a different way because mm -hmm. your upbringing from your mom, who was, she was she an immigrant? Yep, yeah, I'm first generation American. Right, was very different from my mom, who's not a first generation American. Um, and neither was my grandma first generation American, mm -hmm. but we were Americans for a different reason. You know what I mean? So yeah. We, we weren't technically immigrants. Um, <laughs> the way that, yeah. The way yeah. that was set up. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's like really cool to see that perspective come through in her songs, but still be very relatable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I like her. I really right? like her. <laughs> My plan worked. Yes. Damn it, Aisha. Yes, Monarchal <laughs> God, I want to take a screenshot. Like, uh, bananas. Don't, oh, don't do it. <laughs> because we're real friends, so I wouldn't do that to you. Thank I you. Do I, that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I do. 
<laughs> so yeah, hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Success like the iPhone. Hashtag. <laughs> Please, um, for more information on Cindy Rubinos, you can find her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or at SeniorRubinos.com. She has so much content on the interview. She's done so many interviews. I'm not saying this because I've seen them all. Oh, okay. um, wow. Okay. Maybe, maybe I have. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's really great. And I think everyone should at least look at some of it. See where it goes. And, you know, if you happen to be in Washington, D.C., tomorrow which will be today because this episode is going to air on friday december 9th um then you can see her at songbird music house tonight or um on monday december 12th at baby's all right in brooklyn and then i think she's done for the year she will have no more performances in 2016 so don't miss this chance i'm punching again guys i'm clapping don't miss this chance (laughs) you need to see her live show it's really great i've never seen you talk so enthusiastically and passionately about another person oh i don't know gosh. i really and i don't know I, I find her music very liberating i've always couldn't i find myself most expressive through music which is why i became a musician so mm-hmm. i think Sinya just does a really good job of expressing a lot of the things that i'm feeling you know how like <laughs> those like emo kids they're like or the emo black kids are like donald glover really gets us wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute okay <laughs> i resent that <laughs> because so, okay, I, to be fair, I I actually heard someone say this outside of his oh. concert. They were like, it was like a group of like nerdy black dudes and they're like, Donald Donald Glover, he just really gets us, man. You know, he's like the speaker <laughs> of our people. Where they I was like, No, we were in Brooklyn. I don't know where they were from, oh, but right. I was like, dang, these dudes are herbs. But at the same time. Did you really just say herbs? Oh my gosh, what year is this? 2016! Oh wow. Punching again. You said herbs. <laughs> you such a herb, though. All oh, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they were, though. They were, though. But oh, either way, okay. I was like, they're not wrong. I get it. I get it. Because he speaks from that voice. So Senya mm-hmm. does that for me. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, that's it. Find us Which on. One? You can find us at Fix Black mm-hmm. Jesus on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and fixablackjesus.com. And follow us on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe, rate us, do all the things, review, you know, help us out. Bye. Bye. Oh, Oh, wait, what's your name is? Aisha McGowan. And I'm Laura Solis. Okay, bye. Please face it, Black Jesus. (laughs) Fix it, Black Jesus. (laughs) We're so good at this. We are. We are. It's so good.